Hello, this is Key Ideas, and I'm your host, Leela Viss. This podcast contemplates the rhythm of life as a piano teacher and music maker. Through illuminating interviews and transparent reflections, you'll feel validated, encouraged, and empowered. Forte Lessons is a sponsor of this episode and has saved my online lessons. I couldn't be more thankful for the platform. It's not only because Forte is free to use with all of my existing students, both for online and those sick days. It's mainly because Forte's audio was made for online music lessons. Zoom can't match the sound quality. It's also easy to use, and students agreed that there's no fuss to getting it up and running. By scanning a QR code with your mobile phone, you can add a second camera. Get your free account today and you'll notice an immediate upgrade. And while you're there, make sure to create and complete your profile in Forte Connect. It's a way for you to match up with new online students around the world. This is episode 68, and I'm eager for you to eavesdrop on my conversation with piano teacher and pioneer Carly Walton. If you aren't familiar with Carly and her story, you'll be blown away by her incredible timing back in 2019. When most of us were comfortable teaching in our brick and mortar studios, she was among the first to explore the possibilities of teaching piano online. When March 2020 hit, Carly had no idea that her expertise would become a beacon for teachers forced to pivot and face the vast frontier of online teaching. Today, she continues to encourage teachers to build their online studios at her membership site, Teach Music Online. Listen in as Carly recommends her favorite tools for online teaching, simple activities to engage students, and you'll get tips for getting new students online or in person. I gained some significant tips from Carly, and I know you will too. Before we jump in, here's more about Carly. Carly Walton is from Mesa, Arizona, and currently lives near Salt Lake City, Utah, with her husband and three daughters. She studied piano at Berklee College of Music in Boston. After finishing her degree in Boston, she opened a piano studio in Arizona and taught choral music in local charter schools. In 2013, after some of her piano students moved out of state, she decided to experiment with teaching piano lessons online. Carly shifted her studio exclusively online in 2017, which allowed her to travel to 15 countries with her husband and baby girl, all while still teaching. In 2018, Carly began developing business and tech courses for instrumental music teachers to help them build a global online music studio. Since then, she has created several courses focusing on digital marketing, website building, and online course creation. Her courses have been used by teachers worldwide, and her online community has grown to 10,000-plus teachers. Her favorite topics to teach and coach include technology for online teaching, mindset for business growth, online teaching engagement, and digital marketing for studios. In addition to her membership community, she enjoys interviewing other experts for her weekly podcast, the Teach Music Online Podcast. Now, here's Leela with Carly. Hello, Carly Walton. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Leela. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. Well, thank you for squeezing me in. I know you have a busy life. So let's get right to it. What has fascinated me about you from day one is your timing. Your timing is incredible. And you probably didn't know that you would have such good timing. But let's see, you started a business 
about teaching piano or music lessons online, and then a pandemic happened. So tell us a little bit about that timing. Yeah, it is wild thinking back to now, you know, almost five years ago um, when I really started building courses and, and just thinking towards the future of how I could help teachers in this area. Um, I created and sold my first course in 2019. And what was amazing was even then the interest in online lessons was growing. And that's why I built courses around it. I can remember I, I had this thought I should I should start a Facebook group that's specifically about teaching piano online and just gauge the interest level. And I had 500 teachers in two weeks in that group. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I thought, okay, that it was enough validation for me to put towards put some effort towards teaching teachers what it meant to build a global online music studio and just be able to have that flexibility and freedom. Mm global online. You know, those are two things that we never dreamed of before. So uh, when did it occur to you that this might be a strong topic for a course? Uh, you said you wrote the course in 2019. Yeah. So it had been it had idling been in your mind? Year. Okay. Yeah, it had been on my mind for about a year. We, we were traveling all over the world with our then one daughter. She was less than a year old or yeah, less than a year old. And we do photography and travel as well. And so we took this opportunity while my students are online. Can I work them into just two days a week and we can do some fun travel adventure photography on the other days? And as I was doing that, I just, you know, my eyes and ears were a little bit open to the online teaching world more than they had been before. So I was noticing it as an option via like LessonFace or TakeLessons.com had like virtual as an option for teachers. And I thought, okay, I'm not the only one you know, doing this. Um, and I started to get some questions. I went to Berkeley College of Music and I had friends from college who were also teachers in public schools or, you know, they taught band or orchestra and they saw I was traveling and still doing what we all loved uh -huh. doing. And so they would kind of reach out like, what is going on? <laughs> Why are you making this happen? Tell us your secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then everyone kind of figured it out because we all had to go online and really how did the pandemic affect your business what happened when that when the pandemic struck for i mean for online teaching it just exploded carol Matz and i were already collaborating on something some things so i can remember her and i emailing back and forth the first two weeks of march 2020 and she and i were going what can we do to help teachers like yeah. what what can we do so we created some quickly created some really free packages and just like spread it across the internet like here's here's what you need to get online overnight and she included like an in, so much music and mm. she said share it with your students i don't worry about like licensing mm. or anything like mm -hmm. that and i think that teachers were so grateful for that you know a gift, I guess, from mm. her and I. And then for me, I mean, thousands of teachers, I I had this course that I built and I was selling the course for $500 as of December 2019. But I said during the pandemic, I said, just what whatever you can afford and I'll oh, send you the okay. link. <laughs> and I can remember getting on like the Friday before the Monday that all the schools closed and just said, yeah. I got on live, a live call, a Facebook live with this group of teachers and just said, PayPal me 
and I'll, you know, I'll automate it so you can get access. And I mean, hundreds, thousands of teachers took advantage of that and it really helped them make that transition. So I, it was fun. It was kind of crazy because I like didn't sleep for a few weeks and just answering questions and like making sure teachers had what they needed. So when the rest of us were, what, distracted by getting ourselves set up, you were having a booming business in some ways, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I, I think... You know, I, to be honest, I wanted, I wanted teachers and the community to see me as an expert in that area. Um, I feel like I have a gift for making things simple and like easy to do versus feeling like overwhelming. And so a lot of teachers didn't, some teachers didn't even own a laptop. I mean, they just like had no way to comprehend how they could continue make, you know, making their income. And so I, it was really exciting for me to be that person to see like, no, this is easy. Your students will follow you. You can confidently do this. It might be hard for a few days, but you've, you've got it. We are a prime example of, we think we have a career path in mind and then something happens like this, you know, who would you went to Berkeley, you know? So yeah, you were thinking something in the music world, but did you ever think of yourself as an expert in online music teaching? No, you know, I, I, know. I not necessarily. I've, I've, when I first started teaching online, I thought this is an answer to so many of those like burnt out teacher feelings, like mm -hmm. driving to all my students and spending money on gas and, you know, having to work multiple music jobs and just feeling like I, there must be something else out there. And I totally understand online teaching is not for everyone. I think it is a fantastic solution for the teacher who wants that flexibility. Um, and teachers should know you can make it really great. Um, the answer is not like, oh, it's just not as effective. The answer is you have to make it as effective mm -hmm. and pivot, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it has been shocking at how much I enjoy it. I'll also say I've always been really tech savvy. I've always really loved marketing and social media with our other business stuff. So it was this perfect blend of music and coaching and getting to share my expertise in business as well. Wow. So let's go there next, because I'm sure you get asked this all the time. What are the basic tools that you recommend for teaching online? Yes, I would say, I kind of say like at a minimum and then like if you mm. want to go to the other end, but at a minimum, I really think teachers need that good external microphone. A MIDI connection is so helpful if you're teaching piano for channeling through your like high quality audio. Um, Forte is the software that a lot of teachers have switched over to. That being said, a lot of teachers also still love and use Zoom. I mean, mm -hmm. they, it's still a great option. I don't think everyone needs to make that switch. Having a second camera um, also at a minimum and then having apps and games and, and ways to make the lesson fun versus like, I don't know, but like hard because you're talking, teaching through a screen and getting mm -hmm. caught up in that. You can kind of like completely surpass those restrictions if you're able to engage with the student in other meaningful ways. Um, on the other end, you know, the advanced, more advanced end, I would say using programs like OBS to create an even better learning experience for the student and thinking of it, how can I make this easier? How can I make it, um, how can I help them digest the information and remember the information better? 
And a lot of teachers are finding that with OBS, you can make that happen. So I want to step back. I want to talk about OBS in just a minute, but how do you use a MIDI connection with your online lessons? Yeah. So there are, there are a few ways to use a MIDI connection, but if you use a a sound board or a mixer, an audio mixer, you're able to plug your piano or if you teach guitar, some guitars have a MIDI, you can plug your piano directly into your audio source. And then for example, like right now I'm in Zoom, I would select my mixer as my audio input, and then it's gonna channel through my voice as well as my instrument directly to my student. So they're not hearing the piano that I'm playing via what the microphone's picking up, they're hearing the digital piano directly through to them. So it's like an amazing, I mean, it's as though you were sitting at your piano and you plug headphones in, that sound is what the student is going to hear. Got it, okay, yeah, and then OBS. And OBS is going to allow the teacher to create a visual presentation so they can have multiple camera angles at the same time and sources, resources. So they could have their iPad with music up there annotating on it, as well as their face, as well as the above view of their hands. Um, you know, there's teachers that add in like, uh, even they'll light up the keys over while they're playing so they can see what notes are playing. That's like for our teachers who really get into it. Wow. Uh-huh. There's just so many, so many things. And then you can easily transition between scenes if you need to transition to a different angle. What do you mean? What does OBS stand for? Um, open broadcasting software. <laughs> Did I hear someone planting these little words? <laughs> a little mouse just whispered. Mouse, yes. That was my husband. <laughs> oh, great. I'm like, I've heard it before, but no, yes. thank you, Mike. Yeah. Okay. And where do we buy that? Not down at the local it's grocery free. store. It's free. It's a okay. free download. You just Google <laughs> OBS download and it's uh -huh. just a software. Yeah. It's, and, and really it's not that hard to use. I mean, there are a million uh, tutorials on it because everyone started using it during the pandemic, especially it's a, it's a very popular one for gaming, um, for live streaming things like that. And so you can figure out how to use it. I'm in the process of adding a module in our, inside our membership specifically for how to set up and use OBS. We do have trainings right now on it. I'm just making them better. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, yeah. that is a nice segue into what you offer, Carly. So would you like to dive into what yeah. you have in your, what is TMO is what you call it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's so funny is my teachers starting, started calling it that. Oh, I, okay. I never nicknamed it TMO. I just, my first, you know, like pioneers in the community, they like would refer to it as TMO and I, it stuck. So now it's TMO, That's Teach right. Music Online. And it's a membership to help music teachers increase their income teaching online, but also through creating other income streams. Maybe that's workshops, if they want to teach group lessons, hire multiple teachers. Now I teach them also how to create courses for passive income. So everything from how to record your course, produce it. I teach you how to like validate the idea so you don't waste your time creating a course that's never going to sell all the things, market them. So the course has become much bigger than it was in 2019 when it was how to set up and teach successfully online. 
that is still there because we, surprisingly, you'd think, still have teachers who haven't done it yet. Um, and they go, actually, I'm a, I was a professor at a college and now I just want to switch and they need that help. But it's also for that advanced teacher who wants to build a better website. I have a course on how to create a website with all the templates, um, how to get better at social media, how to recruit using reviews on Google and Facebook, um, really a step-by-step -step roadmap so that teachers don't need to like, what do I do next? Like, what is the next thing to build my business? Hmm. Yeah. It sounds like you could answer a lot of questions for me. I think I have to sign up. <laughs> so now if you're going to teach online, you have to be engaging. There's no physical contact whatsoever. There's no getting up and doing things together, but you still can get off the bench or do engaging activities. So can you give us a few of your favorites? Yeah. And I know you, Leela, talk so much about how to engage with the student. And there, I think there's a block that some teachers hit when they think engaging. They think they need to be like pizzazz and like super exciting and like throwing confetti in the air and like I'm not that type of teacher. I never have been. Um, so for me, you know, the more mellow, traditional approach teacher, it's so simple. It's really asking more questions, mm. letting the student talk. And for online, I think you even have an advantage because you can't do things for the student. So it's, <laughs> it's having highlighters, colored pencils, letting them write on their music. It's fine. It's a workbook, you know, having them write in the measure numbers, having them find the, um, the diatonic or the chords, find the, the different harmonies, find the intervals, find what you're teaching and just making it this learning experience, which we should be doing in person, but we often don't. So this is for both, right? Yeah. But when you're online, I usually say, have them get a basket of like uh, manipulatives that they can have right there. Mm -hmm. So little sticky notes, stickers, highlighters, dice. I have a favorite dice games that I use where this is like the most basic, simple game. I created it when I first started teaching online, but it's just a list of 12 activities. They roll the dice. If it's a four, it correlates to something and they do that. And it like, number four would be like, play the last four measures of the song standing up mm, like fun yeah fun or like play the entire song staccato um you know try to play with your hands crossed like mm. just fun things that take one minute and i don't have to be there with them because they have my dice game sheet printed out um and it's just a really easy way to engage with the student to get them little you know it's kind of like an off the bench activity but they're still doing piano. <laughs> yes. I love that list. I did download that, oh, download nice. that list. Now I just have to make sure that I use it. I, <laughs> and I try and do something. You're right. I, uh, my goal, somebody just asked me the same question. How do you fit it all in? Uh, yeah. and time goes so fast. And then I said, well, I don't. And then, um, and then I also, uh, I had three A's and now I don't know if I can remember them, but first of all, ample playing time, they play, they play. And then, um, yeah. I want them to come up with their own or with practice strategies. Yeah. So making sure that they practice those with me in the lesson. Um, I just think those are oh, really awesome. important things, especially online is to have them play because uh, then they can be empowered for the week to come. 
And, and I do that in my normal lessons too, but I think sometimes when people think they have to be engaging, they're stealing time from the student actually playing. Hey, we'll get right back to the conversation, but first I want to jolt you back to June of 2020 when we were tethered to screens. Even though most schools were out, students were stuck inside with no place to go. I was tired of teaching normal piano lessons and craved something different. If I felt that way, you know that my students were feeling the same. And so I dived into the curriculum I had written just a few months before called Cookie Cutter Composing. Students composed eight bars a week, and in about four short weeks, they had notated their masterpiece in note flight, recorded themselves playing their piece, and even created cover art in Canva. Fast forward to August 2021. It's when I began this same online composing opportunity for teachers. I call it a composium. As of April 2023, six new teachers are attending the 12th composium. In just two years, over 100 teachers have honed their skills as a composer and have helped their students to do the same. It's been thrilling to see alumni attend more than one composium. It seems they just can't get enough. Here's what a teacher said about a recent class. I had so much fun today. You analyzing the sheet music on the screen with examples of each technique makes me feel like this is something I can really do. Also, I've worked with NoteFlight for years and had no idea about a lot of the hacks you shared. That's going to make things so much easier. This summer, I'm offering a twist on the Composium and will be offering arranging as well as composing. If you've been itching to jumpstart your creativity at the Keys, the Composium is the perfect place to begin. In both courses, you'll learn the secret sauce for modulating to a new key. When you sign up for a summer Composium in 2023, make sure to use the code KEYCOMP, that's capital K-E-Y-C-O-M-P, and you'll get a special discount on your registration. I can't wait to meet you and your creativity very soon. Now, back to my chat with Carly. Yeah, that and that's, I mean, it's a valid concern, but we need to remember what's our purpose? Like, what are we trying to get across to the student? We want them to enjoy music. Like, yes. if they don't enjoy it, we aren't creating little musicians. We're creating little kids that complain about piano and have a negative association towards it. And we don't want that. And so thinking like, however, there are the, there is the occasional student who is thrilled to be there and will play the whole lesson and that's fine, right? One in 10, right? The rest yes. though, we need to remember their age, their attention span, because they're so consumed with tech and media, like it's just different um, and adapt with it. And it's okay to take time away from, you know, what how we taught traditionally from our strict teachers, if we're creating musicians that are going to love and create music. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, yes, pedagogy, uh, that background has served me well. And then I notice how many times I'm crossing the lines <laughs> of what I thought I had to do. The other word that came to me, my other A, I'll think of the third one someday, uh, is agency. And that's what I've noticed has developed with my students that are yeah. online, you know, like, okay, find your book. I can't get it for them. Find measure 15. That's a skill in itself that um, I, as an accompanist, have to learn. And man, my students are a lot faster now. And we talk a lot about the score where we rarely did before. So, you know, th there are it. really good things about it. 
There's, I mean, it's so fun. There's like a never ending list of ways and things we can teach a student. And it helps, I will say, being in communities of teachers where you have like-minded teachers who have these fantastic ideas to share. That's one thing inside Teach Music Online, we do three three times a month coaching calls or we even do like an open mic event where teachers just come and share music with each other and perform and discuss. And it's it's been so interesting to see how many teachers felt isolated and mm-hmm. felt like, who are my friends even? And who can validate this like really hard challenge I'm having with this eight-year-old that has, you know, is on the spectrum a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like how, who can help me with that? And having that community where you can share ideas, that's what, like the collective experiences is what makes something like that so valuable. It's not me. It's bringing in hundreds of teachers who are like, I hear you, I've got mm-hmm. you, like try this, try that, and making you feel like, okay, it's, I'll be just fine. Yes. My favorite quote is, the smartest person in the room is the room. And oh, I love it. Uh, that is so true is, yeah, we get, we learn from each other and it does help to know we are not alone. And I think that's what was so important in those early days is, okay, everybody's doing this together and Absolutely. what works for you. And it was a really unique bonding time that we'll probably never see again. I don't know. I don't know. I hope not. I hope we don't get it that bad again. We might have waves of stuff, but oh man. (laughs) So you talked a little bit about uh, mistakes that music teachers can make. Um, What, what are the common ones that you see in online lessons? I, I mean, are you saying mistakes for like thinking about teaching online or like actual teaching mistakes? Yes. And (laughs) shall we start a, we'll start a with the, what the perception of teaching online. Do you think think there there are misconceptions? Um, you know, one of the biggest ones is assuming or telling yourself no one wants online lessons anymore, or yeah, they only want an in-person teacher. And that's a huge misconception, Mm -hmm. um, and roadblock because you're never going to build a business doing it. If that's what you keep telling yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so helping teachers understand that, th- that this isn't going away. Um, I was just reading some articles that are predicting, you know, the, the growth of the online music education industry is expected to grow by 400% by 2027. So it'll hit like a $460 million dollar, a million dollar revenue in the U S alone. Like that's that's the growth of the online music ed world. Um, And so recognizing that you might have those fears, but there are plenty of students who are looking for online teachers because they don't have teachers in their area. Mm -hmm. And you get to find the students that you want to teach versus having to take whoever comes to you. You could get to be a little bit more specific and selective. Mm -hmm. All right, so your second category of mistakes. Yeah, you know, other mistakes that I would say or things that teachers are currently trying to improve are communication. Often when teachers switch online, they don't realize that because they're not seeing the parent anymore as often, um, they're totally left out of what's happening with the student. So we really try to encourage our teachers to like 
you text that parent every lesson. Like mm. they, mm. you get off Zoom and you send them two sentences. He did really great. He's working on this this week. Um, if not that, at the end of the day. And our teachers who are doing that, they they just report back that their retention, retention is so much higher. Their referral rates are higher. Um, recital attendance, I mean, everything, because they're maintaining that communication. And doesn't matter what you've done in the past, you can always incorporate that. It's mm, a good tip, thank you. I know I get lazy. I well, and because I've been working really hard on all the student assignments, you know, by the end yeah. of the day, okay, I'm done, you know. But yeah. that is it is good because I used to send lesson notes to my parents and and let everyone know how it was going every lesson. Mm. And because I use Tanara now, that's not really an option. Right. So I I miss that connection with parents. So thank you for reminding me that it just takes a text. That's it. Uh so now what are some tips? for gaining new online students? So many. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give us three. <laughs> okay, so I I teach this in my webinar if anyone wants to go and watch the free class, but I, I have a marketing foundations checklist that's like everyone, whether you're in person or online, needs to make sure you have this list. Especially if you're online, the number one thing is you need an online presence. Um, if you've always taught in person, maybe you've never considered a website, maybe you've never considered a Facebook page or an Instagram page. Um, the problem with that is if you think you can start recruiting online, someone's going to Google your name and what are they going to find? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like try it, open up a guest browser that you've never logged into, go to someone else's computer and Google your name. Like what comes up? <laughs> so <That's scary. laughs> right. It is kind of like, what are they going to find? Like someone who tagged you in a Facebook post from years ago, like what's out there. So the more we can get in front of that and create that experience for people. So they Google Carly Walton online lessons, they find my website um, or my Google business. And so working towards building a really modern website is easy because we have amazing programs that have templates for you. And like Squarespace has a beautiful templates. It's hard to make it look bad, mm -hmm. like really hard. Um, photography, getting updated photos of yourself that aren't like from a 1998 blog. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then getting reviews, um, getting your students to go to Google and leave you a review. We have a teacher in teaching in Texas and she has 24-ish reviews on her Google business and she gets inquiries every week. She said 10 to 12 a week. And beca because of her system she's created, so they find her on Google, she's automated everything so they can click on her website, they can quickly see her openings for trial lessons. So she just gets an email when someone signed up for a trial lesson with her. And she's able to filter students now. Mm. She has a waiting list. She, she can be a little bit more selective. Nice. Mm. So, um, <laughs> You wear a lot of hats, quite a few hats, <laughs> uh, including being a new mom yet again. So now you're up to four girls, darling girls, and you're a business owner and a wife. How do you balance all of this? What's, yeah. your, what's your secret sauce? It's such a good question. And I get, I feel like friends and family ask me this a lot, you know, um, and I, I don't know that if you were to like write out my time in the day, it's not, doesn't look balanced. I don't know that there is such thing as like having balance. I do, however, live, I, I, I give my attention to wherever I am. So like right now we're talking, 
I don't know what my kids are doing. Like someone else is with them and that's fantastic. Like when I wake up early and work, I am so productive with my time because I know how limited my time is. Um, I work hard and efficiently and I have systems to help me manage my time so that I am not wasting my time. Um, I'm rewriting my marketing webinar this week that I thought, gosh, this could take me. I could spend a month on it. I don't have that time. So I have spent three days and I'm recording it tonight. Like, like that, because I know that's what I have. Um, so you work with what you have now later in my life, when our kids are grown, it's going to look different and I'm going to be, I'm going to be more active on social media and I'll be able to go to more conferences and give my time there. But I, because I can't, I zero in on what actually matters and who needs me so that I don't have to like spread myself super thin. Cause as an entrepreneur, you know, like there's a million things you could do and you're told you should do. And you can kind of fall into that hole of like, oh, I've got to create content every day and I've got to post every day. And the truth is you, you don't like, that's not what success is made of. Um, it's really so much more about being intentional um, and being present because like I always, I kind of tell myself today is the tomorrow I worked for, right? Like, mm-hmm. What am I working for if I'm always just like, well, next week, well, next month, well, next year when this happens? No, like I'm here living my life. And so I try to get out with my kids as much as I can. Like we go on walks and it's 35 degrees outside, but we were playing outside, you know, in the morning and like doing things with them because I know I have given myself work time and time to be the family. Sorry if that was so long. (laughs) No, that's a very good way to live your life. It is compartmentalized and that is hard to do, you know, because I'll be playing with the kids. I remember back when I was your age thinking, oh, I should be doing this or I could be doing this. Now I did stop shooting on myself a long time ago. So that has helped, but um, I have the brain spins quite often because I'm always thinking about possibilities and that is hard to shut down. Um, yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, I could talk for days about systems, systems of organization. I have a dashboard. I use Notion to organize everything. And I anything I can think of during the day, I can access it on my phone. And I'm not like, oh, don't think about that. I'm like, oh, write that down. OK, okay it's yes. written down, you know, so that I'm because I have thoughts all day long about, oh, I, I've got to email that person back or you know, I need to refund this person or what's going on? Yeah. Like, what what do I need to do? And I, I can write it down. So when I sit down to work, my dashboard pops up and I can see what I need to do, you know, versus being all over the place. <laughs> and that dashboard is called what? Notion? So Notion is my task Notion. management tool. Mm-hmm. And it is my best friend. It is mm-hmm. my best friend. Everything in my head lives in Notion. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That is a good strategy. And I do the same. Like I yeah. have to write it down. Otherwise I'll just keep thinking about it. <laughs> I know. I know. That's the life of being creative and having millions of ideas. <laughs> I know. And actually I've been labeling things in my mind. Okay. So that is Clara, the creative who just wants to be thinking all the time. And I have to shut her down because I, I do not it. have time to listen to her right now. Not a priority, Clara. <laughs> right, I know. Get out of here. So yeah, it's it's hard though. So speaking of creative, you are also, uh, you mentioned this already, but you are inviting, encouraging teachers to create their own content mm-hmm. and by creating own, their own courses or whatever. So why yeah. do you think that's important? 
for so many reasons, creating content is allowing you to capture you, your methods. And, you know, I, I, as I've been creating this course for teachers, how to, how to build and sell co digital courses, you realize that when you take the time to script videos, record them, edit them, you're then giving your students like the best you because mm -hmm. <laughs> you're not like just, uh, it's not in the moment, it's like really thought through. And so having courses where you're teaching the first year of piano lessons with you and how you do it, um, they're actually getting even a better value from that. Um, and that's something I know teachers with like a wait list, they'll say, go through this course, you know, it's the primer level that mm -hmm. I've built and then we'll talk like then you can apply to for lessons with me um, nice. or teaching composition or teaching songwriting. Like, could you add supplemental courses to your lessons that you want your students actually learning as well, but you don't have time to teach them live during lessons. You can go from that all the way to like really building a, a course that supports you financially. We have one teacher who created a course for one semester of piano lessons and she sells it on out school and she made 7,000 last year passively wow. Yeah, through that. And so it's not huge, but it's passive. So if that okay. wasn't anything she was spending time on, she just uploaded it and let them sell it. So it's an exciting world for content creation in, in courses and digital courses. And there's no reason why music teachers can't participate in that as well. Nice. Well, you're full of encouragement. That must be... When I, is that a love language of yours? <laughs> Encouragement. <laughs> yes. It must be. <laughs> yeah. Well, Carly, this has just been fascinating. I've learned so much. Uh, you have inspired me in a number of ways. Every once in a while, you just kind of get comfy, you know, and then yeah. I like people like you that I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I could be doing that. That's a, that's a good uh, idea. And I think it's a balance, a balance of being happy with what you've done because what you've done is amazing and finding ways to be excited about what you can create. Like mm -hmm. I, 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 one of my biggest philosophies and values I live by is to make things fun. Mm -hmm. And I tell teachers when they join Teach Music Online, you ask yourself if you're having fun with your students. Like you ask yourself when you're going through my course, how can I make this fun? And if you're not, if you're like eyebrows are like this and you're frustrated and you're not spending time with loved ones, like forget it, you know, mm -hmm. you need to reevaluate. Um, and I, because I've had to go through figuring that out myself and mm -hmm. figuring out this balance of like, I've got to create, I've got to, and then, then realizing like, why? <laughs> What's the purpose? Who's waiting it's for you, Carly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think we're here to have fun. like. And, and, and that comes across to students and to others, if you can feel that. That reminds me, I was probably your age. I'm not sure, but I remember I really started rethinking teaching piano because I did not like the hours. And then I read Philip Johnston's book, um, the dazzling studio. I never can remember the title, but it really helped me realize that, okay, if I'm going to do this career, I'm going to have fun doing yeah. it. And the, the minute I flipped my mindset, I enjoyed my career, my profession, but mm -hmm. I had to make that decision. So I'm totally with you there. You have to make it fun for yourself. And when you're having fun, your students are going to have fun. Yeah. It does rub off. 
Yeah. And all the resources you're creating, that's why, you know, is to give teachers inspiration and to help them see, like, you don't have to get stuck in a rut. You don't have to be traditional. You don't have to think of chords in such a boring way. Like You can make all of those things fun. So it's been so fun to see how you've really inspired teachers to think outside of that box that we naturally fall into, you know. Well, thank you. Uh, I just heard a quote not too long ago, and I'm not going to say it exactly right, but uh, if, when you are creating content, you are serving your former former self. You know, think of where you were before. And I do think that that's how we come to what we want to create next is that, mm -hmm. oh, I didn't have this. I wish I would have had that. You know, don't you feel that way in some oh, ways too? Absolutely. I tell mm -hmm. teachers all the time, I wish I had what you have eight years ago, yeah. when I started, now nine years ago, when I started teaching online and was just by myself, figuring it out, you know, mm. gosh, the resources that are available now are amazing. And no one needs to do it on them. You know, that's, there's no reason not to invest in your business and, and use things to help you get there sooner, for sure. <laughs> nice. So tell us where we can find Carly Walton. You can Google my name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> you can just Google Teach Music Online. My website's teachmusic.online and okay. you'll find our membership there. You'll find free stuff. I have the Teach Music Online podcast. Um, yeah, lots of fun things. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Teach Music Online. Well, thank you so much, Carly, for spending a little bit of time in your busy day and uh, inspiring us to stay balanced. So of you, make it, you, you make Anytime. it look easy. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thank you. I like Carly's approach to keeping things simple and admire her ability to communicate her tremendous knowledge in a way that encourages and empowers. I'm eager to try out the games and tech tools she's recommended. Head to the show notes to learn more about Carly's popular membership site, Teach Music Online. I see rave reviews about her work from countless teachers. And make sure to use the code KEYCOMP, K-E-Y-C-O-M-P, when you sign up for a summer composium. Head to the show notes for all the dates and times. There's something for every time zone. <laughs> I'm Lee Levis, and see you in the trenches, always ready to make fresh upgrades to my online lessons. <laughs>